0: listening to Freshman Founders, a podcast for people who are interested in starting their first business and want to know how it really works. Whether you're a business major,
1: interested in the startup lifestyle, or passionate about making a particular change in the world, this podcast is the one for you. Hey there, welcome to episode two. This is all about validating your idea.
0: We've identified six questions that are necessary to ask yourself in order to really validate if this is worth your time and if this business is going to be worth it in the long run. So the first question that we want to ask ourselves when starting a business is, is anyone willing to pay money for this? If no one's willing to pay for your product or service, it's more of a hobby, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that's what separates things that we do for fun from our jobs. Yeah, our first uh, little venture, we were doing it for ourselves.
1: We Mm -hmm. were doing it for fun. And granted, that really was more of a hobby, but it was the core piece was us determining, no, we actually want to make money. We want this to be our career. So that actually needs to be the starting point. That comes with business model. How are you actually going to get people to pay for this? What is valued at the end of the day to your customer? A lot goes into this question. It's a big one. There needs to be
0: a group. It doesn't have to be hundreds of thousands of people that are your customers. You just have to be providing something valuable to someone. It isn't a business until people are paying for the product or service. This leads us into
1: our next question, which is you know tied to the first one. And the question is, well, how much? And is that enough money? We have to make sure that our you know, understanding of the customer is in line with what they think you're worth and if you are valued at that.
0: If it costs you $50 to make something and people are only willing to pay $20 for it, that's not a successful business. You either need to figure out how to cut down your costs or maybe find a different market that is willing to pay more, or maybe you're not going about it the right way. But it's important to know how much it's going to cost you to deliver that value and how much people are willing to pay for it. And, you know, that's that comes down to understanding
1: where you are in the marketplace. You know, are you value based? Are you providing something for them that they don't have time to do and it's just the biggest time saver? Or are you, you know, a quick fix, which is great, but you're a product. You're like, this is what they need consistently. Just really understanding where you are in that
0: so a service company provides a service whether that's someone doing something that you don't want to do and that you're willing to pay for and a product obviously is something tangible something you buy that you like um in our instance though we we provide a service for event planners but our we also have a product which is the website in a way so we kind of can look at this from a few different angles um, we're always trying to perfect our product and make sure that our technology is the best it can be. But we we are providing a service, so I actually don't know what we are, really. Um, we're kind of both. And something that we kind of learned the hard way with this was
1: really... Learning, you know, what mattered to us with our profit margin, because every startup makes the mistake, you know, you're, you're willing to do anything for your customers. Cause you have customers. You're like, yes, like that's amazing. But as you move along, like think about two years from now, you're not going to be in that honeymoon phase with your customers anymore. You're going to want money for the work you put in. And so right. you need to think about, okay, like Mackenzie said, here's my cost. Here's what they're paying. But am I also making enough to make this worth it for my time? opportunity cost is a huge thing too. Question one and two in validating your idea really tie together. Is someone willing to pay for this? And how much are they willing to pay for this? And does that align with what I'm thinking it's worth?
0: We found with our first attempt at a business that where we were really making our money was not in line with what our actual product was. We were throwing events to promote our website, which was our business, our product was the website which was supposed to be delivering value to people but where we were really making money was the <laughs> events through the promotion of our events to promote the website so that's where we found there was a bit of a disconnect <laughs> a huge disconnect
1: <laughs> for sure
0: <laughs> our third question that we ask ourselves when determining if we have a viable business is are other people doing this and is your way better and or different than what they're doing. So competition isn't as scary as it sounds. Every business has some sort of competition because it doesn't even have to mean someone is doing the exact same thing as you. You're competing for people's time. So we have direct competitors, we have online platforms that book entertainment, and we also have indirect competitors Uh, Whether that's a manual way to book entertainment. Um, It might not be automated, but they're still providing the same service at the end of the day. Or whether it's just some sort of value that people are finding that they're choosing someone else to spend their time on than us. There's all types of competition. It validates that there is enough need in this marketplace and people
1: are doing it and feeling it out. But like Mackenzie said, you need to differentiate whether that's through being faster, more efficient with your client or providing better, um, you know, opportunities or providing better features. There's a lot of different ways we can go about this, but you have to have that that cutting edge part of your business to really make a difference and have people come to you instead of going somewhere else to get the essentially same thing.
0: So there's a lot that goes into determining who your competitors are and also why you are different and better. We have realized that our biggest differentiator is our vetted entertainment and how we can provide quality entertainment easily We do it all online. You don't have to call people. You don't have to wait for that email back. You can do this all on your time. A lot of our competitors don't do that. The fourth question is, is your market size big enough? So we talked a lot about are people willing to pay for this? Now, if you've determined, yes, there is a group of people out there that are willing to pay an amount of money for my product or service is that group of people big enough to make it worth it for you and allow you to profit someday totally and take some time to maybe think about a business that you
1: see every day that maybe a business closed down you know they open shop and a couple months later they weren't there well it could be a lot of things you know, wasn't enough foot traffic or where there weren't enough people interested, but maybe, you know, what if it was too much of a niche or, you know, what if it just didn't really attract that customer? Um, we have to be wary of this going into a business because the last thing we want to do is, you know, not think about this ahead of time. And then we really had not enough people to even make it six months. So question number five is how much money and time will starting this business take? Now this is so important and it wasn't something that we thought about, honestly, because when we were starting this business, we were in college, we had that cushion under us of knowing that if this crashed and burned, you know, we'd, we'd be okay because we'd still be in school and we could learn about something else and try for a second idea. But it is so important to really care about, you know, that those financial projections and, you know, what are those fixed costs going to be? What are those consistent expenses? You know, are, is there going to be an, an initial buy? You know, do you need to buy some software? Do you need to buy an actual
0: machine to make this happen? Mm-hmm. What are those costs? Do you have the time to dedicate to this company? Is it going to, how much time is it going to cost you? And do you have that available? Do you have another full-time job that is going to get in the way of starting your business? And if not, that's great. And you can do, you know, you can do both or you can do focus on that business solely. And the reason that we need to
1: be asking those questions, you know, do we, you know, do we have the time to do this? Can we make this work is... Okay, from a from an investor perspective, because that's where we come from. You know, we we raised money, so we're going at it from that angle.
0: Money first,
1: money. Um, but so we we're coming at it from that angle. But and and an investor will say, you know we know things are going to change. We know your projections are going to look way different than you think. You're going to Mm -hmm. think you're going to spend your money here. Guess what? You're not. You're going to spend it over there. But for an investor, it comes down to that person is 110% in to this idea, nothing else. They are giving all their time to this, to figure it out. And that investor is investing in the person to figure out this idea. So that, you know, is the right equation to make this business attempt work. Now, when you're looking at it from the other side, it's going to be you. You're going to bootstrap this thing. Hats off. That's awesome. You know, this company is 100% yours. But we have to think about how it's going to work, you know, five months down the road. Because let's face it, if you're, because you have to have a full-time job or something, and you're only able to give five to 10 hours of this, you know, to this a week, that's not enough time to make this thing work the way you probably want it to.
0: And that really leads into our last question of what kind of business do you want to run? There's not one right way to do a business. You know, you, you now you just have to know what it is that you want. How much money do you think you're going to make from this company? And is this something that you're going to bring other people in? Do you want to scale? Do you want to be in other cities than your own? Or is it a brick and mortar kind of thing you do it because it's fun, it's a small hobby, it's a passion, but you have something else that really is your full-time job, just knowing the difference and knowing how what your potential of this business is. For us personally, the kind of business we want to run, we want this thing to be massive.
1: We want this to be used internationally to change the way that something was done. We want this to be scalable and we want to be a technology uh, startup then to full-on company. So, you know... Mackenzie and I share that value. We're able to check in with each other and make sure that we're still moving down that path. That's why even when you're hiring, making sure those core values are all on the same page of where is this ship
0: going. And it works for us because we love working for ourselves and we love building our business and solving a problem. Our goal isn't to end up on a beach somewhere. I mean, that'd be great. That would be great. I'm okay with that (laughs) happening. That's not the end all be all. The process is really what we enjoy. We love building this. We love seeing how we can make this easier for people. We love saving people money. We love showing people that there is a way to incorporate technology into things that aren't used to it and making it easier and better. Absolutely. And... The
1: reason we're talking about these six, it's because these are six questions that we're constantly having to ask ourselves. We're having to check in because if your business isn't evolving every day, you're doing something wrong. You know, especially as a startup, as a new idea, you need to be changing with the trends. But what we t- we tend to find typically, five of these questions are usually at all times like they're different. They're a different mm-hmm. compilation of the five, but five are on track and one's maybe a little like, oh, So it's so Mm -hmm. good to check in and go, oh, I haven't thought about that in a minute.
0: Well, that honestly makes me think that this is kind of a whole nother question you really need to ask yourself. Do you love this? Are you passionate about making a change or building something that you're willing to quit your job? You're willing to spend every hour of the waking day doing this thing and you love it so much that you can't imagine doing something else.
1: There's also, I mean, there's plenty of people out there who are like, no, I, I love starting businesses and that's Mm -hmm. what I love. So I'm going to find, but make sure the idea is worth your, you know, worth all of the time that you have to put towards that one. So you can get to the next one because you love creating multiple businesses or, you know, even, you know, if you don't love the idea or it doesn't feel like it's your end all be all. But is it enough to be passionate about so that you're not doing something else? Yeah. Again, coming back to that opportunity cost. If you don't feel like you can fully answer these questions right now, mm-hmm. we have a couple of resources that have helped us get to fully yep. answering the question.
0: The first resource is knowing your MVP. So MVP <laughs> is a minimum viable product. We didn't know that. Uh no. Until it was a little too late, honestly. <laughs> that is a great way to put it. <laughs> that is <laughs> We're kind like, of MVP, being nice. <laughs> most valuable player. Like yeah. That's us. Me on the basketball team, right? Oh, man. It just wasn't. I wouldn't have been. <laughs> <laughs> i 5'2". Nice. Um, so putting something out there that might not necessarily be ready for the market, but just doing it so you can get feedback and you can get an initial reaction. Like really
1: breaking down that term. The minimum thing you can do to have a somewhat viable business mm-hmm. that is a product. So f- for for us, the example was, okay, here we are. We're supposed to be this online platform that connects event planners and artists. But really what our first MVP was, was, okay, here's a nice, decent looking enough front end screen and people can look at the different artists and then they can click a button saying, yeah, I'd, I'd like to book that. Then Mackenzie and I were on the back end tying everything together.
0: It was like people being behind yeah. a curtain. Another one of those resources is using focus groups. So that is when you gather any amount of people to test your product or service and you are just hearing what they have to say about it, watching them use it. So for for our instance, we got dozens of college students to use our website We didn't tell them anything about it. We just said, go for it, get online, and just use our website, figure it out. And we saw where they had problems, what was stopping them from moving forward, and we really honed in on what those issues were, and we got tons of feedback that way.
1: And and focus groups, I'd say, are the the hardest thing for a business owner to sit through and swallow because you have to remove all your pride and your expectations of what this little baby business is mm-hmm. because you need to see, okay, you're not going to be in the room when they buy this thing, maybe. And what if they're doing it at home? How are they actually using it? Where do they first go? You know, when we're talking about, you know, our service online, you know, where are they clicking? Where are they going? What
0: makes sense to them? What naturally doesn't? And it's all okay. Cause that's knowledge for you. You might find that they see value in something that you didn't think would be valuable to them Great or vice point. versa. Maybe the biggest thing that you thought you had to offer, they're going to something else and they're saying, hey, this is what I see as valuable. And your your eyes are open to a totally new opportunity of your existing business. Mackenzie, that is such a good point because... If you can communicate the way that your customer
1: does, think about it now that you are communicating to them the way that they understand it. So we've actually even really changed our our marketing and the way we sell our business to
0: exact wording that
1: customers have repeated back to us.
0: Another resource you can use is the idea frame. Now this is something that lots of schools lean on and lots of Uh, beginner entrepreneur education systems will talk about the idea frame and you can just google this and there will be a chart that you can actually fill out about your potential business idea and it talks a lot about things that you might not be thinking about now like what are the channels that are going to reach your customers um What are other resources that you can use or potential partners that you could use to get access to those customers? Another resource was customer
1: interviews. Now, this is different than focus groups because you're doing a one-on-one with someone and you're going to be asking specific questions to them to get answers. But the key here is to not lead them to say the thing you want them to say. Mm-hmm. You want to ask very open-ended questions and come prepared with you know, with what you really want to find out from this person.
0: Another big resource that we have really utilized is talking to people that have done it before us. And whether that's just build a business before us or work in booking or work in technology. Those are things that we find very valuable because we haven't done this before. This is our first business. We have not, um, you know, we haven't done this before like many people that we talk to, whether those are new mentors, people that you find through connections, or whether you just know you could learn a lot from somebody that you don't know yet, reaching out to them and trying to build that relationship. You're going to find a lot of value from people that have been through it.
1: Oh my gosh, it's, it's why we can even be somewhat successful because you have to, at some point there has to be experience and knowledge behind your business and if you can learn that from someone that's already gone through it, it's like you're saving, you know, 20 years of time Mm -hmm. to be able to produce it yourself And we hear a lot of people, you know, um, being nervous about reaching out to people or not feeling like they can. Listen, I mean, there is nothing more than an entrepreneur or a successful business person wants to do than help someone who wants to do it too and show them the way and give them feedback. I mean, that's if you're a student or you're seeking to learn, Mm -hmm. that's like the best person they would, you know, sit down with and, and buy them coffee, you know, to show your thanks. But... They will want to meet with you.
0: Maybe it's just Nashville, but we have found that people are willing to give their time and give back because they got to their position with help from others. And we found that people in those high up positions at booking agencies were willing to sit down with us and hear about what we had to offer because somebody did that for them. And so they feel like they should do it as well. And it's kind of an ongoing cycle. And It's a really good community to build a business in. Absolutely. And hey, you know, if there's a resource that you have found that is really
1: helpful and you think it could be helpful to other listeners, please send your ideas to us. We would love to hear them and then we can either post it or we can talk about it on our next podcast. And what we find is a good next step is, okay, well, who all is going to do it here? Mm -hmm. I need to think about my team. I need to think about is it a potential partnership? Our next podcast is all about that.